Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. As you saw on the screen, we're starting a new series called Selfless. And uh, if we're going to live a selfless life, then I believe we need Jesus to strip back everything that would hold us back. And so that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about being stripped back. And uh, Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. That's the challenge, right? Do not depend on our own understanding. How many times do you see things happen? You think, why does that happen, God? You, I, I know that you can do a miracle. Why don't you? Right? The other things when God still calls us to trust, it's easy to trust when everything's going well. What about when things happen that we don't understand? Then it carries on in verse 6 and says, Seek His will. And all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Strip back. I was, uh, I was thinking about this. As, um, as actually on Sunday night last week when Pastor Tony was preaching, and I was thinking about what I was going to preach this week, and, and God just dropped this in my heart. And so I was just writing down uh, some thoughts as God was speaking. And, and I was thinking about this concept of being stripped back. It reminded me of when, uh, in my previous life, right back in New Zealand, I had my own floor sanding business. And so, uh, you know, as a, as a floor sander, we would go into people's homes and we would uh, go and sand and polyurethane their timber floors, their wooden floorboards. And uh, I don't know about here in Australia, but in New Zealand, a lot of the older homes have amazing Rimu and Madai timber floors. It's phenomenal. And, uh, and so we would go back, we would go into people's houses, we would, we would strip back whatever is on there and bring it back to its original self, what it was created for. Can I say it was never created to be covered up? Right, I would always, as a floor sander, be amazed as I walked in and think, why on earth have you got carpet covering up this beautiful timber floor? I don't really care about timber floors, but it was my job. So, you know, I, I, was, I was paid to care in those moments. After I left home, I'm like, who cares about a timber floor, right? <laughs> but I was like, why would you cover it up? People would come to me and they go, as I go into the house, I go, hey, Steve, how long is this job going to take? And I'm like, well, it's hard to give you a clear answer because it all depends how much, uh, how much sanding process is required, how much I have to strip it back to get back to its original state. You see, it would depend upon what it has, has been covered uh, over the floor. It would depend what we have to pull up and how difficult that was. It would depend what was left on the floorboards, whether it's been uh, you know, roughed up, whether there's marks, whether there's existing stain or, or polyurethane or glue that needs to be sanded off. All of that stuff would take time. Sometimes you would turn up to jobs and you know, you'd be in and out in half a day making money, right? Because it was all about the square meter, not about the amount of hours that you did. And so other times we'd been there for days on a small bedroom because it was so uh, messed up with, with the things that were covering up that, and that was stuck on the floor. And so we would go and, and the, 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 uh, the more that was on it, the harder the sandpaper grit that we would have to use to, to take that off and to strip it back. And, and I remember just putting this 30 grit sandpaper on this big drum sander, you know, your hands getting all cut up. Man, my hands were not baby smooth like they are now. I'm in pastoral work. There is no roughed up hands anymore that can have calluses and everything. That's all gone, praise the Lord. But back in those moments, man, my hands were, they were nasty. I'd go home and give my hug a watch. I'd say, get those hands off me. I don't know where they've been, and they're all rough. And, uh, and so, but the thing was, is we would strip it back and we'd sand it. We wouldn't just give it one cut. You'd, there'd be a process that would be required. You would strip back all of, the, all, of, all, of the, all the rough stuff that was there, but then there would be another sanding process as you work through the finer grits to get it to the potential that it was designed for. See, every bit of timber was designed. It was beautiful. It had this natural grain in it that looked phenomenal when it was, when it was uh, you know, living out its purpose, if you want to call it that. 
You see, we never went to a job where we never had to strip it back, where we never had to sand the floor. We would go to brand new homes that would put timber flooring down that weren't pre-coated like they are these days, and it would still require a sanding process. We still had to level it out. We still had to take off and remove marks that were on that floor. And as I was thinking about that, God reminded me how our life was very similar to that. Right? We all have potential. We all have a God call that is upon our life, but yet there's a process that is required to strip back the things that would hold us back, to strip back the things that life is throwing at us that have attached itself to us, that we would allow God to strip that back, to strip that off, to remove it so we can walk out the God call that is upon our life that only comes through Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross because He died for our sins. So today we can stand a new creation made in His image. However, Nobody likes the strip back process. Nobody likes the pain that is sometimes required to be stripped back from the things that have held us back, the things that we find identity in, the things that we draw to for comfort. Nobody likes that stripped back process. But it's important if we want to walk out the God call that is upon our life and, and we want to live a life where we would see the fullness of what God has, we need to allow God. To, to, to work in us. We need to allow God to do that process. I would love to say that every person, when you say yes to Jesus, you're a ready-made Christian. You're there. You've made it. You, you, you've, you've, you've finished. There's no more growing to be done. There's no more journey to be had, but yet none of us are like that. No one here is ready-made. No one here is a finished product. Wives, elbow your husband. See, I told you. I told you. you, you I told you you had some growing to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Come on now. Husbands, you can elbow your wife too, but they won't get you very far. So my question to us tonight is, are we prepared to allow God to strip us back of all of the things so that we could be in that place where we come to Him as we are? Where we don't turn up with all of our things that would hold us back, but we allow God to strip it back. The strip back process isn't without pain, but greatness is never achieved without a cost being paid. Nobody ever did greatness. Nobody ever did something amazing without the cost that that would be paid. The problem is, is today, this generation and, 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 you know, the way we live today, we want it without the pain. We want it without the cost. We want it now. You know, we we, we just sit there and I ask my kids, kids, give me the remote because I don't want to move. I just want to change the channel now. I just want to sit down and do nothing. You serve me, right? We HP everything because we don't want to have to go through the pain of saving money. We're not prepared to, to, to pay the price that it, would, that it would take to achieve greatness. You see, so often we walk around with a whole bunch of baggage. We walk around carrying the things that have held us back. It's as if we walk around with a bag on our shoulders or on our back. And we get comfortable. We get comfortable walking around with the things that actually God wants to strip away. We get comfortable walking around with the hurt and the pain that people have caused us, but yet we're too offended to let it go. We're too hurt and we're too broken to allow God to strip it back off us because we would rather carry it anyway because then we can complain to everyone about how bad our life is, about how rough we've been treated and we can hold on to that offence but God says, no, no, would you allow me to strip it away? We want to carry on to the things that we would find identity in, that we would find security in, but yet God says, would you allow me to strip it away? so that I can use you to the fullness of the potential that I have in you. I've got some things in my bag tonight. It's not empty. You like Michael Jordan? Yeah. Help. Jordan can pay me later. Many of us 
we've got our things in our bag, right, ready to just whip out whenever we need it. At home, we're all good, but the moment we walk out of those doors, the mask comes on. I'm Iron Man. I don't want to be Steve anymore. I want to be Iron Man because he is awesome. He saves worlds. He changes lives. But how many of us actually walk around with the mask because we don't want people to see the real us? We walk around pretending to be somebody that we're not to be, pretend to be someone that God has never designed you to be because you don't want people to see the real you. God wants to remove and strip back the masks that would hold you back tonight in Jesus' name. What about for some of us, we walk around with all of our, waving all of our achievements around. That's right. All of our medals. Yeah, I've got more where that came from. You just hold on. Yep. With all of our trophies. With all of our medals. Look, I bet you don't have a medal like I have from New South Wales basketball. I bet you don't have, uh, what's this one? Uh, winners, 2019. Uh-huh. Under 16s. Yep. <laughs> Why you laugh? It's my medal. I stole it from my son. We walk around with all our achievements, our university degrees, waving it in people's face, how, how many Bible verses we know, waving it in people's face, and, and our identity comes from all of our achievements, but yet, instead of our identity coming from who Jesus says you are, you may be the most, the person with the most achievements, however, that's not, God's not, that's cool, God loves that stuff, but God wants to get and strip it all back to get to really, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? We want to wave this stuff in people's face. Look at all I've done because our security comes in our achievements instead of being found in the person of Jesus Christ. What about for some of us, we walk around and we whip out the duct tape the moment that we're in need in front of people because we're so broken and we're messed up and there's all these cracks. And instead of going and running to the one that will mend us, instead we want to just duct tape the problem and stick all this duct tape all over ourselves and mend all of the cracks that are in there so we can keep on moving on. Can I tell you, duct tape is only a temporary fix. How do you know? Because I had an aerial on my Mazda 6 that I had that would flop right over. So what did I do? I duct taped it, right? Duct taped it so I would stick up again and, and connect to the radio station. Man, a matter of weeks, it's flopped back down again. Get more duct tape, duct tape it back up. A matter of weeks, it's gone back down. This is only a temporary fix. But many of us, we're just taping up our issues. We're just taping up our brokenness. We're just taping up our hurt instead of running to the one who would actually remove it in Jesus' name, who would actually take the cracks away, who would take the brokenness away in Jesus' name. You can duct tape it all you want, but you, if you, that's what you wanna do. You gotta be prepared to keep duct taping it because it's never gonna be completely healed unless we allow God to strip it all back in Jesus' name. I got one other thing. Some of us are really successful in here and we want to wave around how successful we are. Come on, who else can stand here and say you've got 200 cash in your hand? Mm-hmm. Who wants it? No one, good. Up too late. We wave around our flash cars, our nice clothes, our nice houses and our security comes from that. But yeah, Jesus would say, would you allow me to strip it back? Because at the end of the day, you can have all the money in the world. You can have the nicest clothes, all the medals. You can keep wearing a mask. But at the end of the day, the only thing that will bring fulfillment is when you're in true relationship with Jesus Christ. This stuff is temporary. It's temporary. True relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, Al and I, when we moved to Auckland, 
uh, eight years ago, nine years ago. We, uh, Al's parents moved with us as well. And you know what? There are times where things happen we don't understand, right? Where we pray to see a miracle, but yet we don't see the miracle. Where we're believing for breakthrough in our life, but yet we haven't seen the breakthrough happen. And it's at those times that are really tough. I believe there are people here, you're holding on to offences, you're holding on to anger, you're holding on to hurt, you're holding on to pain. And tonight God says, would you come to me and allow me to strip it off in Jesus' name? Sometimes we live in an imperfect world where imperfect things happen. But what I do know is ultimately God is in control. Ultimately God will work all things out for good. And instead of holding on to this stuff, we need to allow God to strip it back. We had that with Al's mum, where They'd been in Auckland with us for two years, and uh, we brought them up so they could just be our babysitters. Mm-hmm. Good, good young people with young kids. Bring your parents with you, it's awesome. And uh, anyway, that'd been going awesome. You know, Al's mum had, had a lot of uh, you know, hurt and pain and brokenness. If you heard her story, you'd be, you'd be blown away by just some of the things that she had to deal with. And, and it was amazing that when she moved up to Auckland with us, it was kind of like a new start. And it was amazing over those first couple of years, we saw dramatic change in her life. I mean, dramatic. She was starting to, to, to have the, uh, you know, wanting to look at some of the hurt, some of the pain, the offense and the anger that she was carrying to some of her family members. She was willing to take a look at that and allow God to strip it back so she could walk into the fullness of what God had for her. And we were excited because of the journey that, we, that she was on. We were excited because we knew, man, man, she's going to start to walk into the fullness of what God has. Come on, this is amazing. This is the thing we've been praying about for ages. And then tragedy hits. She's meant to pick up our, our two oldest boys. They were at primary school at that stage, pick them up. And she would do anything for our kids. She would drop anything for our kids. She loved them so much. And so, anyway, she was supposed to pick them up and Al, they were living in a granny flat at our house and Al went to I'll see if she was, because it was that time to go, she hadn't gone yet, she was asleep, couldn't wake her. So I was like, oh, I'll go and get the boys. Went and got them, came back and we, she was still sleeping and it, wasn't, it was, just wasn't normal. We were like, what's, God, what's, what's going on here? So we rang the ambulance, ambulance come, they take her to hospital and she gets diagnosed with a severe brain tumour. There was no sign of it. There was no evidence of it. And we prayed, man. We, we stood and we prayed. We declared God that you would move. We'd seen God move in miracles in our own life, believing that we would see the same thing. And I wish that we did. We had our pastors come and, and visit her in hospital and pray and stand with us. We had people within the church praying and declaring that she would be healed. And after two weeks, we saw her, they, they released her. She came home. And we were like, yeah, it's awesome. Come on, she's getting better. Only within a matter of hours. To take a turn for the worst, she actually collapsed, fainted. We had to call the ambulance again. They took her straight back. Four weeks after she was put in hospital, she passed away. What do you do in that moment? As Christians, as pastors, what do you do? Praying and declaring that, God, you are moving on her life. Why would you take her now? Why would you cut her journey short now? Not understanding, being angry, upset, hurt, full of pain about why this happened. Can I say, can I be honest with you this morning, uh, tonight? We were actually angry at God too. Because God, I know you can heal her. Why didn't you? You know what? I think God's okay at times if we're honest before him. He's okay for us to go to him and say, God, I'm angry. I don't know why you didn't answer my prayer. He's okay with that. The, the, the anger in itself is okay. It's what you do with the anger that's the issue. You can never stop being angry. I'm just, I'm just not going to be angry. Good luck with that one. Right, But it's what you do with that anger. That's the issue. You see, for us, we had to choose to allow God to strip back the hurt, to strip back the pain, to strip back the anger. 
and give it all over to him so that we could move forward. Because we could have held on to that and, and, and the only person that would have affected is us. Oh, I'd love to say that we just, you know, we got our prayer, you know, we just went to our prayer closet and we prayed hard and within a matter of weeks, we were all good. No, man, it was six months, a year, even longer, where we had to continually go back to God, God, strip this away. God, I'm feeling angry, but ultimately we had to choose. We had to choose to allow God to move on that area because we wanted to move forward in the name of Jesus. Come on, would you allow God to strip back the things that you're carrying tonight? God doesn't allow God doesn't allow it in your life unless He has purpose for it. So don't just go through it. We need to grow through it. How many things do we go through, but we don't grow through? Because can I say, when you're going through something that God's wanting to strip back and you go around that, how many times do you go around the same mountain twice, two times, three times? Probably because we're just going through it instead of growing through it. Amen. Come on, when we grow through it, come on, God will strip that back off us and we will move forward in Jesus' name. Isaiah 26 verse 3, you shall keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you in Jesus' name. You know, I was thinking about the floor sanding process and when you get it stripped back, so it's back to like a brand new floor. That's only the first step. If you left the floor like that, then it will just get damaged pretty quickly again. It'll get scratched up, it'll get marked, it'll get damaged because there's a second step to that process. The second step is you need to coat it with polyurethane, where you put three coats of polyurethane on the timber floor, because what that does, it enhances the beauty, the grain within the timber that you can't see if you don't polyurethane it. But not only that, it actually protects the floor from getting damaged again. So therefore, when the floor gets scratched, it's just the polyurethane that's scratched, not the timber. So therefore, it only needs a light floor sand, and it doesn't need to be stripped all the way back again. You know, our life is like that. How often do we, at times, allow God to strip things back and then we think that the process is done? We miss the second step. If we don't coat ourselves with the presence of God, if we don't coat ourselves with God's anointing, if we don't run to God's presence when He strips the things back that we've been holding on to, then you are exposing yourself to get damaged again. You're exposing yourself to get hurt again. You're exposing yourself to be able to get, get trampled all over. When the enemy comes, he will take you back out again because you're not covering your life with the presence of God. You see, when you cover yourself, when God strips back the things that need to be removed from our life and we run to Him and we allow His presence to fill us, not only do, 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 does our life, when we get coated in the presence of God, not only does it bring out the inner beauty that's in our life, not only does it bring out the potential that is in our life, you know, that's what people see. They don't know it, but when they're like, wow, there's something different about you. You know what it is? It's the presence of God that you carry not the amount of achievements that you're walking around. It's the presence of God that people notice. Even unsaved people, they, well, what's different? They don't know what it is, but I know what it is. It's God's presence. Not only does it expose and bring out the inner beauty in your life, but it protects you as well. When the enemy throws his, his challenges at you, when life throws things your way, now it doesn't affect you, doesn't take you out like it once did because you're protected with God's presence in Jesus' name. Psalms 23 verse five to six, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honour me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. The team can come and join me. What is it that needs to be stripped back tonight? Are you prepared to go through that process? 
Maybe there's been things that have been stripped back off your life, but you haven't covered yourself in God's presence. Come on, can we allow God's anointing to just saturate our life? In Jesus' name, I've got two questions I want to ask you tonight. Two questions to get you thinking about this whole topic. When everything is stripped back, where do you turn? When everything is stripped back, all the achievements, all of the medals, all of the money, take off all the masks that we're living life with, where do you turn? What do you run to? Who do you run to? Because if it's not God, it's something else. We often try and medicate pain so that we don't have to face it. When we're in the the strip back process, it's easy. We often run and try and medicate the hurt that we're in instead of running to Jesus. We go and spend money. We lash out verbally or physically. We get hit with depression and we can't function anymore. We medicate on substances. Or for some of us, we just get busy. I just got to do lots. I just got to get busy doing stuff because this is too painful for me to go through. Who are you? When you strip everything back, where do you turn? Where do you turn? Ultimately, none of these things will fix our life. When we limit God's power and rely on ourselves or others, then we're left with fear. And we're never satisfied. But when we turn to Him, we can rest knowing that God has us in His hands. We can rest in Him knowing that He will guide us with whatever we need. Who do, you, who do you turn to? What do you run to? Can I encourage us tonight that we would run to God's presence? When our world's falling around, a past, uh, falling around, around us, that we would run to God's presence in Jesus' name. When God reveals things that He's wanting to strip back out of our lives so that we can move forward in Him, that we would run to His presence in Jesus' name. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That is the God that we serve. That is the God that we're in relationship with. He's not a God who's far away. He's not a God who you can only go through Him by going to a pastor. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You can run to Him like that in any moment, at any time. You can go to Him. You can, you can draw from Him in Jesus' name. Second question is, when everything is stripped back, who are you? Who are you really? Does anyone even know the real you? When you strip all of our achievements away, what about a church when we strip our titles away from us? No longer Pastor Steve, just normal Steve. Who are we? We take away our net worth, when we take away our good looks, and can I say, this is a very good looking church. You've all been very blessed with good looks. Strip away our relationships, Social media followers, what are you left with? What are you left with? So who are you? Do you actually know whose you are? Or are we these things? Because these things will never never bring happiness. But if we run to whose we are, we'll find fulfillment in that in Jesus' name. Could you still live life with passion and with purpose when everything's stripped away? What's your value tied to? Because at any moment, it can be taken away from you, just like that. We entered this world with nothing. We leave with nothing. The one thing that we can take away with us is our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the only thing we take. So who are you? Who are you tonight? Who are you tonight? I want to tell you who you are. You're a son and daughter of the Most High God in Jesus' name. 
You're anointed for greatness in Jesus' Name. You are an overcomer in Jesus' Name. When things come your way, you have been empowered by the Holy Spirit that lives within you to break every chain in the Name of Jesus. When the enemy hits you in your mind, come on, you are a son and a child and a daughter of God that you can hit him back and say, no, no, I will not believe those lies that you would say about me in the Name of Jesus. When people around you tell you that you're someone that you're not, come on, you are great. You are full of greatness in Jesus' Name. Come on, your purpose to do amazing things in Jesus' Name. You're called to shake nations in Jesus' Name. Come on, you're called to shake the enemy. And the enemy knows it too. He knows it. He knows who you are. That's why he tries to take you out. I was listening to a sermon the other day and they were saying that when you're getting hit with pressure, you know you're in the right spot because he's only hitting you because you're starting to walk in the God call that is upon your life. Come on, God's here tonight in Jesus' Name. When Jesus is our source, then we have everything that we need and more. 2 Peter 1.3 says, By His divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvellous and glory, by His marvellous glory and excellence. We can't pray every uncomfortable situation away. You can't rebuke every trial but you can grow through every season in Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.